Chanted Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Chanted Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole Cause what you see real life You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's shut it down so we can know It's simple, we just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch to elevate yourself to conscious mode And it's beneficial so we can get this concept rolling Get the future generators wanna stop the whole thing With the message demonstrated, we can start a post Taking in the simulating, getting lots of numbers Waking up the possibility to try to stop hypnosis Welcome to Chanted Down Radio, where we deprogram from the deep program. I'm your host, Loomis. The website is ChanitDownRadio.com. Uh, welcome. Uh, this is episode 131. You're two inside America is what it's called. And it is not a direct sequel, but you can couple it with episode 73, America and Cognitive Dissonance, a country blocked by ego. This one is better. You don't have to listen to that last one. This one is more precise. And I have a better mic than I used to, the one that made my voice sound kind of weird and picked up every time I took a drink of water and you heard the slurping sound, not that happening anymore. Uh, But yeah, national and international people alike can benefit from this talk. I'm going to upset a lot of Americans today probably, but you need to hang in there without biased opinion and just listen to the truth being said. Um, Yeah, so that's what this show is going to be about Uh, and it's been a while since I've been on the air and with that if you want to help support my work uh, it can be more than just a once in a while show go to channeldownradio.com and go to the support page you can help people out and if you have any suggestions for shows you'd like to hear topics and, st- and guests uh, people beyond this at gmail.com and enjoy the show I'll talk to you on the other side You're too inside America. Well, this is a talk today that I'm going to give in sections, kind of like chapters. So today I'm going to give a talk about these topics regarding America today. First one is opportunity masquerade. The second one is worker bee mentality. The third one is localism. The fourth one is drugs and homelessness. Uh, The fifth one is lack of humility and division. The sixth one is mind control, and the seventh is empire. So I'm going to cover those in order, and please note that first off, I'm not coming at this talk from any political angle. If you know this show, you know I don't play into the political divisiveness that's going so strong right now. I have nothing to do with it. And you will not pigeonhole me as one thing or another in this talk today, because I'm coming at this from straight truth, coming at it from a look beyond all that. That's what we always do on this show. Coming from straight truth means that I don't care where the truth comes from as long as it's truth. If it's uncomfortable, I don't care. So go get a punching bag or hit your head against the wall or do whatever you need to do, but 
you know, this is just how it is. Growing is uncomfortable, learning is uncomfortable, but that's what we're here to do on this earth is to grow. And I hope that, if anything, this talk helps people to grow and realize certain things, even though most of you in my audience already know a lot of these things. Uh, but we are today looking at America and Americans themselves. This is not just to bag on America because I feel like doing so. It's, it's nothing to do with me venting about things. It's really about getting out some truth. And I just think America needs to understand what it is in this day and age and, and really see the bigger picture. And, hey, I'm American. I live in America, even though it's, it's Hawaii, which is a little different than other states. But I'm, I'm speaking from firsthand. I don't hate America, per se. I hate the system. I hate the establishment uh, all forms of government are corrupt, and if that makes you cringe, then this information is actually extra important for you because it really needs to sink in that those things are not good. <clears throat> Most human beings are just good, but they've been corrupted by these very things. In America, America has a lot of great things, and um, a lot of it, it's, it's dying, but it still has a lot of great things. And I went over this in uh, America and Cognitive Dissonance, which was episode 73 uh, a long time ago. Uh, just again to sort of recap, I and mean, this is not as exact from that, but still, um, America has a Bill of Rights, and that is one of the greatest things that it does have, which outlines our rights, our natural rights, and it, and it, and it helps to where big power cannot infringe on us and, and it protects us uh, the Bill of Rights being things that we really need. Although those things are being infringed upon, very much so, um, it does have that, at least. You know, freedom of speech is very important for this show, for example. And another thing I really do like about America is really deep creativity has come out of America. And innovation, music, movies, a lot of things that are really, in, that are really inspiring, even if they're in the wrong hands nowadays... Thing, the creativity that has come from places of, of poverty and uniqueness that has come out of these kind of uh, struggle situations in America has really brought um, characteristics like no other place. I love that I'm not America. So America has those great things. And also, in America, we are allowed to have a gun and defend ourselves. Look, I'm not a big gun advocate. I think some people are gun nuts and they take it a little bit too far. But at the same time, it's our natural right to be able to defend ourselves. And that is allowed. We are allowed. We should have some way of defending ourselves from not only intruders and people that could cause harm, but um, also just, you know, anybody who's um, deciding to, uh, or a government body that's deciding to invade your freedom. And so, but it's one of the important things that a lot of countries don't allow, that even though these things have been abused, at the same time, we are the, the real gun owners, the people that actually are um, just peaceful people that own and respect and understand what a weapon is, are able to do so. So that's important, yes. <clears throat> and then another thing is there are, are a lot of great people in America. And if you are one of them, then you'll know today then I'm not talking about you when I give, begin on these rantings today. So there are a lot of beautiful hearts in America, a lot of people that really are good souls. 
And oftentimes, really what it is, is people are just misled. And that comes in every form of society. There's a lot of people that are just misled, but they have good hearts. And I hope that those kind of people with beautiful hearts come to this info without bias opinion and just take root and just look at it, all right? So, <clears throat> you know, um, that's just a little bit of a disclaimer I wanted to get out. Those are good things that I like about America, and it's not that I'm bagging on it just because I feel like it, but I think people need to see what it is. So there, there's what America was meant to be, which is a constitutional republic for and by the people, free market, no taxes, etc. And, you know, I mean, to, a, to some extent, that's not too bad. But I'm not into systems governments of any form on this show. But let's, you know, that's what it was supposed to be. And so that's what America was supposed to be. And what it actually is, is a whole different story. One of the biggest problems is America doesn't know what it is. It doesn't see. The people don't see what it is. America is one of the biggest tricks in the world. It's the biggest slave camp disguised as a place as opportunity on the planet, and it really is the Trojan horse for a much sinister plan that's been in the works and is coming into fruition. And I'm sure I've offended a bunch of people by just those statements alone, but this is Chanted Down Radio, and we chant down what needs to be chanted down so we can get to the truth. I really don't think of the world as separate countries because they are all under the same control of these elitists, these globalists, and it honestly is all one big system of enslavement. So really we should be looking at it in that form and not just country to country. But it's important to understand who really runs and owns everything and then look at what America is from that standpoint. It's really important to do that. And we'll do a little bit of that today. That's not the main point of this talk today. Um, and so... Um, that that is just a part of the understanding and an understanding that if you are a Chanted Down Radio listener, then you already do understand those things. Let's just not forget that America is an empire, which I'll talk about at the end, just like China, just like Russia, like the British Empire, like so many empires, like Rome was, Greece was, Egypt, Sumer, and, you know, to... To, to make an empire requires violence, coercion, going against many people's wills, taking away natural rights, land, slavery in many forms. And it's important to also remember, too, that since everybody's always been under, basically for the, the extent of humanity's reign on the planet, under some form of dictatorship or government, most people have. And... It's also important to remember that humanity has never had access to the right information. And so we look at great philosophers like Plato, but we have to realize that if they had power and influence in any civilization, then they were probably part of the they. And we also have to realize and be open to the possibility that the history of the world may be a lot different than what we are told. In fact, it's pretty much certain that almost everything you've been told is a lie or a biased slant of some degree or another at least. And so with that, 
you can use mainstream history as as a as a hitching post to tie a rope to, but then go down rabbit holes, and you can come back to mainstream history as as a backup in case you don't find anything. But we really need to be going there and looking at things like that. But the reason I that I um, I mentioned Plato is going from Plato's description of Atlantis. Atlantis was a massive kingdom of gods, quote-unquote gods, priests and, magi- and magicians. And I mean, well, you think about that. I mean, what, what, what were gods exactly? A, a lot of people looking at it from the, uh, let's just say the alternative view that a lot of these gods, which w- we didn't know what to call them, were possibly, you know, uh, entities maybe ETs, you know, we, we don't know, but something that was, you know, powerful. And then priests, you know, which would have been their, their, uh, you know, mediators. Um, and then magicians. Well, what do magicians do? Magicians, well, they play tricks. They, they use magic. And that sounds very similar to today. Also, what was said about Atlantis is Atlantis was destroyed in a single night for their pride and godliness, godlessness. So um, there's something to look at there. I mean, does that though? Does that sound like an enlightened civilization? It it doesn't. It sounds like something that sounds very similar to today, as we'll look into here. But see, I believe that the elite connected to these quote unquote gods, these beings, uh, have never been able to gain back what they had as an empire since, and now they finally have it in the works. I like Manly P. Hall. Uh, Manly P. Hall talks about America as the new Atlantis. Manly P. Hall, um, in The Secret Destiny of America, uh, talked about Francis Bacon's plans. Bacon quickly realized that here in the New World was the proper environment for the accomplishment of his great dream the establishment of the philosophic empire. It must be remembered that Bacon did not play a lone hand. He was the head of a secret society, including in its membership the most brilliant intellectuals of his day. All these men were bound together by a common oath to labor in the cause of a world democracy. Bacon's society of the unknown philosophers included men of high rank and broad influence. Together with Bacon, they devised the colonization scheme. Hmm. We know about the colonization scheme. Men bound by a secret oath to labor in the cause of world democracy decided that in the American colonies they would plant the roots of a new way of life. Brotherhoods were established to meet secretly and they quietly and industriously conditioned America to its destiny for leadership in the free world. So, Secret plans made America. <clears throat> it wasn't just this this idea and then, oh, well, they found this land and let's just build. No, no, secret plans made America. It was the next phase of basically the Roman Empire. It was the next phase of the plan that joins the world into Western civilization. And not that Western civilization is any worse than any other civilization, but we'll kind of get into that later a little bit. But um, I it, it definitely... It, it always looks like a good thing. Every civilization looks like a good thing. They make it that way because, you know, otherwise people wouldn't join it. But so this, this could 
very well be the plan from its inception that what what Manly P. Hall was talking about, this next phase of civilization to advance into a new Atlantis. I mean, even if the Founding Fathers had great intentions, and I think they did, they, they were infiltrated. And I believe this was in the works from way back. So keep that in mind. All right, so that that's just a little passage I wanted to go over there real quick before we start getting into our, our subtopics here. So, Opportunity Masquerade. In this country, we're taught that hard work, diligence, and persistence have always been the most important keys to success. Well, that view is being challenged in a major way by one of this country's most prominent economists, Nobel Prize winner Joseph Stiglitz. In his new book, he argues the inequality gap in this country has gotten so large that the chances of those at the bottom making it to the middle or the top are now very low, lower even than they were in old Europe even if they study hard in school and work hard at their jobs. Stiglitz's new book is titled The Price of Inequality, How Today's Divided Society Endangers Our Future. And here he is describing what he means. So the life chances, chances of somebody from the top who doesn't do very well in school are better than somebody from the bottom who does well in school. So that really says, you know, that your parents make a great deal of difference to your economic fortunes. We're not the land of opportunity. All right, so let's talk about this notion that the... And I agree with that. It is not the land of opportunity, at least in my experience and in most people that I know. We've just been working and working and working and working, and that's pretty much it. And, you know, the funny thing is, is you've been told that America is the best place to live in the world and how lucky you are. And I think it's really extra hammered in in America. They always tell you, you know, how lucky you are. And sure, there are some things that are really good within the um, life here. At, at the same time, um, they, it's really often a masquerade. It's, it's often a lie. They tell you in school that in America, you can be anyone you want to be. You can be an astronaut. You can be a movie star. The president. You can become the president of the United States. A music a pop star. You know, it's the land of opportunity. And if you work really hard, you can do anything. And that is true to a certain extent. You can change any situation you want. I don't want to diffuse miracles because miracles do exist in the world. But that can be in many countries, you know, not just America. And you can do amazing things by simply believing in yourself and having that confidence. It really does go a long way. So there is that. But, um, you know, the odds are tough in this, in this country. But, yeah, you can make your dreams happen no matter what. I'm, I'm behind you cheering the whole way. Absolutely. But, but let me come back to that shortly. So you want to be a movie star? or a rock star. I mean, once you realize and you do some research that the CIA, um, high bloodlines, and high military uh, involved families are put in place as celebrities, you start to see a little bit different picture. And I would recommend checking out the work of Mark Devlin. Uh, has a couple of books called Musical Truth, and I've had him on the show, great guest. And go into that rabbit hole and kind of re-look at that, you know? But also it's extremely hard to get out of, even if you are in this, like, uh, um, you know, trying to be a 
a movie star, a rock star, whatever, it's, it's extremely hard to get out of the oversaturation level of talent. So many people want to do it. And you basically have to sell your soul. And that's if you get found. Not to say that it, it's not possible, but it's extremely hard, especially if you want to be a lead in, say, a movie. Uh, you know, you want to be an uh, A-list actor. <clears throat> I, I have a feeling that it's just about near impossible, and those other people that are put in those place are always going to be there. Uh, but, you know, you know, still try if you're, that's your dreams, you know. But you want to be an astronaut? Sure. All right. Well, if you do some research on astronauts, um, all astronauts are Freemasons, you can look it up, then you, then you go, I mean, then you can really go on a tangent, and I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, take this into a different level, but, I mean, are NASA people even telling us any truth, and is it all just a front for a secret space program, I mean, that's always something that you, you, uh, uh, can look into as well, but that's, that kind of derails this, but, you know, in, in, and there's all these things that you, they're, you're supposed to, you know, you, they say that you can do anything in this country. You want to be president? <laughs> you're better off trying to be a movie star in five different lifetimes. And that's all completely controlled. Your, your two choices are already mapped out. You're not one of them. You're not related to them. And before you think about who's going to be the next one, they already know. You know, it's all mapped out. So don't even think, don't even go there. But the problem is, it's near impossible to make it out of certain income brackets in this country. And I personally have never come from money, but I've observed people that do. And it's like the wind is always at their backs, pushing them along, you know. And opportunities do not come easy for anyone working class and below in this country. It, it, it's, it's stuck to the grind, making low income and just getting by. And you're lucky to get anywhere. It, it, it takes money to make money. So if you want to start your own business, well, you got to get that loan, you got to get that good credit and all that. Um, and the world has gotten so expensive and the pay has stayed the same. Most jobs don't pay enough to live a decent life anymore in America, period. I mean, and, and what, the, what that's doing, that, that little thing right there, getting more expensive, the pay stays the same, that's turning the heat up. Pay the same, yet increase prices. That's like tightening the vice grip. So to live well in this country, you need to, you need like thirty-five to forty dollars an hour, and uh, most people make between I would say probably uh, eleven to sixteen dollars an hour everywhere I've been. And yes, I live in expensive Hawaii, but still things are tough all over, as the saying goes. I mean, you can go somewhere cheaper, but they just make less, so they don't really get ahead either. Um, Unless you went to college and you got that professional job, but who gets to, who gets to go to college? Mostly rich kids, and also really um, all these people that go to college because they've been told that that's how you make it in this world. So what if you hate school? Well, you know you've already gone through twelve years of fucking bullshit, and then you hate it, and then you have to pay money, a lot of money to do something and you don't know what you want to do and you're going to have this massive student debt and then you're paying that off you know it's a scam and 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 that's why i say it's for the rich uh i like this i got this from markmanson.net uh i thought it just fit really well here um the united states is not a rich country it's a poor country with a lot of money if you're extremely talented or intelligent, the U.S. is probably the best place in the world to live. 
The system is stacked heavily to allow people of, of talent and advantage to rise up to the top quickly. To me, being wealthy is having the freedom to maximize, maximize one's life experiences. I agree with that. In those terms, despite the average American having more material wealth than citizens of most of the other countries, more cars, bigger houses, nicer televisions, etc., their overall quality of life suffers in my opinion. American people, on average, work more hours with less vacation, spend more time commuting every day, and are saddled with over $10,000 of debt. That's a lot of time spent working and buying crap and little time or disposable income for relationships, activities, or new experiences. When we travel, we look for giant hotels that will insulate us and hamper us rather than for legitimate cultural experiences that may challenge our perspectives or help us grow as individuals. And how true that is. That I, I, that's why I, put, I, I thought that would work well here. Because uh, that's why you find so few Americans that go outside their bubble. Many are afraid to look at that shadow. And uh, I'm going to come back to that because, you know, title of this talk is you're too inside America but a few points I really wanted to come back to and I will on that but mainly this for now where it says here only extremely talented or intelligent people make it and and uh, are either you know these people are either used for those extremely good talents by big money and corporations or come from money in the first place and you know, parents, friends with other rich people where they, you know, they have those doorways to get into those worlds. And these fortunate ones were allowed time to nurture and cultivate themselves because the money obstacle was not in the way. And I hate to really uh, put a division up because there's so much division in this world, but the true reality of life in America especially is, yes, there is a whole different set of circumstances and way of life if you're brought up poor versus rich. And it's a whole different outlook, and it does have to be mentioned and looked at. Um, and, and a lot of times, these people that are fortunate, you know, uh, a lot of times they were coached to become those people because their parents had time to be with them because they had money, and they weren't so stuck to the grind to where they couldn't see above the water. And their parents have a confidence that, that people work, working check to check just don't. They, they have that that, you know, that, that also rich people always make sure their kids have money, you know, and I'm not even talking about really rich people, but people that are, are, you know, upper middle class and above, and so many poor people in this country that worked really hard, never had the right time or coaching to become successful, they never had those parents, they never had that base to, to, or starting point, and that include, that coaching is important. It, it includes believing in yourself, which is unfortunately uh, in this country rubbed in our faces when rich people have all that confidence and we didn't get it because uh, our parents didn't grow up confident because they, they felt that they didn't have, they kind of didn't make it, you know. It's all illusion, it's all bullshit, but it, it is the important coaching of believing in yourself. And in this culture of materialism, in this status-obsessed culture, the, the have-nots are discouraged because they don't have that confidence. And then and to believe in themselves because 
you're hammered down by the by other have-nots and work robots plus you didn't have that internal coaching to believe in yourself and unfortunately that's the case in reality here in this country the odds are extremely against you if you come from the, the lower income brackets big money has taken over way too much corporations i've seen i've i've never seen pass check to check you know i still struggle that's why this radio show can't really be uh that often because i don't have the time i but i still do it because i know that there's uh, you know some kind of push behind my soul to do it but yeah i mean you know juggling just to make it yeah, it's mostly the land of opportunity for people who sell their soul or selected bloodline families, rich advantage people because it takes money to make money, and they've made it too hard now. Sorry to say. But here, on the other flip side of that, still work on your dreams and believe in yourself. Know the power of manifestation and the power of prayer and the power of the spirit, and you can be odds which can help. So there is that. So, But at the same time, it's it's the 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 board is really slanted uh the chessboard you could say so if america is so great and you're so lucky then how is it that other western countries get way more paid vacation time better benefits health care i mean trust me i'm not a michael moore type i'm i i uh, i'm far from suggesting that america becomes socialist but on that thought if you visit the UK, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, life's really not that different than America. Um, you know, on the bottom level, on the regular life, regular life level, you could say you work, the government takes out taxes, and that's it. And often, I meet those people quite, you know, I've been to all, a lot of those places. Those people are, I think, happier than Americans. And so, I mean, not to say that I want big government. I don't. I don't want any government. You know me. If that's if you don't know that, that's what I don't want. But, you know, what I'm saying is everyday life is, is more similar wherever you go. If, if we're going to be, still be under this slavery system, which should not be an option, and I think it's a terrible idea to have any of it, a government and all, but we might as well get the benefits of being treated with paid vacations, four to six weeks, and, you know, uh, medical care that's proper and in lots of paid holidays. Not that I ever wanted Obamacare or anything like that, but just saying that we don't even have it that great in the Western world. So how is this the greatest country in the world? And if, and, and I just, I just look at it like that. That's the sim simple thing is like really, um, you know, time off and, uh, more time to freedom to uh, explore is is an is an important part of creating your happiness you know and this is what really separates America from those other countries I just mentioned and what that is is worker bee mentality trademark pearly whites have become a quintessential American image but looks can be deceiving. A study finds the land of the free has become the land of the overworked and stressed. Psychologist Peter Frankel says the U.S. workforce is close to being burnt out. You've got a culture that doesn't know how to take a break and revive and renew and replenish. And over time, that leads to burnout. 
photography agent Sherry Riad is among those who almost never take a break. The 33-year-old works up to 80 hours a week at a global production company. Even when she's off the clock, she's on. The last time I went on vacation was probably about a year and a half ago, and I had my BlackBerry with me the whole time, and I was answering work emails and work calls and working on estimates. This type of work ethic has ignited a vacation shrinking syndrome in the U.S. In New York City, it seems like everyone is infected with the more work mantra. Round the clock, any hour, the so-called rat race never stops. People always on the go, most taking no time to recharge. Oh, I don't know. It's been a while. What's a while? Uh, goodness, I don't know. Uh, I don't take off that many days in a row. It's hard to leave vacation and not have any money in your pocket, so you got to work all the time. Statistics show Americans work more hours hours than any other nation but receive the shortest vacations in the developed world, averaging half the number most Europeans receive. But all work and no play is backfiring. A study by the World Health Organization and Harvard Medical puts America at the top of the list of most depressed countries. The rising stress from no rest is making people sadder, sicker, less productive, leading some to dub America Prozac. U.S. government reports show antidepressants have become the most commonly prescribed drugs in the United States. In the past decade, the use of medications such as Prozac has nearly tripled. In Manhattan, ambitious, career-obsessed professionals rush the streets day and night. The current competition for jobs has created something of a dog-eats-dog arena. And with the crippled economy remaining fractured, experts believe the health of the American people will likely go from bad to worse. Yeah, that's mainstream news, but truths do leak out, and that's really true that the health is gonna go is going down, has been going down from people having the worker bee mentality. According to a study, Americans work 137 more hours annually than workers in Japan. I always thought Japan was a worker bee kind of place. Uh, 260 more hours annually than workers in the UK, and 499 more hours annually than workers in France. In America, more than 85% of male employees and more than 66% of female employees clock more than 40 hours a week. And so when you do that, you know, what's left of life? What's your real life? Who are you? Your identity becomes this worker, and then you just become, basically, you're just cutting yourself off from who you really are. I heard someone say that they work, this is just a conversation I overheard, this person said that they work through lunch, they get all of their work done, and are so ecstatic about it, and when they get home, they're like, oh, I should have ate lunch, you know, like skipping lunch. Isn't that insane? Those are, your, your body needs replenishment, and then you get to the end of the day. That's not healthy. So ingrained is the worker bee mentality. People are married to their damn work. I mean, Americans, I think, have forgotten the goal of working. It's about buying free time. Most people that work are happier when they spend more hours with family, friends, partners, and, and getting into their hobbies and, you know, 
closer to what actually makes them who they are. People have forgotten the main reasons they work, and that is to enjoy life on your days off. America is the only developed nation that doesn't guarantee paid vacation time. Uh, some people think they they should work through their breaks and not take all of their vacation, and hardly anyone travels, and I'll get to that, but workaholism, I suspect, is probably left over from the Industrial Revolution, maybe, when America was innovative, because at one time, you know, uh, things were really, you know, uh, propelling into an amazing future in that particular time period. I mean, because America was first in flight, you know, huge on automobile manufacturing, made motion pictures, I mean, and that was like, you know, this developing new world that was probably pretty exciting and there was lots of opportunities and everything, but that was in the past. And what are you contributing to now by sitting at a desk all day? How innovative is that? You know, the main innovation I see today is really just for our demise, like 5G, uh, AI, the smart grid, cell phones, you know, all this stuff is just going to, you know, cage us in and give us cancer and all that. At least in England, England has tea time, you know, for breaks. Europe has siestas, you know, America has nothing. People work through their breaks all the time. They can't stop. Work is so damn important. And and the result of work, workaholism is people who are so wound up, they don't know when to shut off. And I see it all the time here when tourists come to Hawaii. They bring that stress space with them. They don't know how to adjust. Uh, uh, you know, that, that energy. And, you know... There is, there is like, I could say, some good quality, one good quality to the worker bee culture, and that is pragmatism, uh, which can get things done. Americans are extra pragmatic, but there's a fine line between that, getting things done, and, and you know, and, and trying to succeed, and just being married to your work and never figuring out who you even are. Uh, and, I mean, the pragmatism, Pragmatism is good to hone that ability is important when it's your own dreams. But if you're making someone an extra dollar and not seeing success, then that's just you ass-kissing and embracing the slave whip more, really. <laughs> and that, that extra American push of work culture, this workaholism, makes for less productivity and more broken-up family. And like that, that uh, clip said... You know, pharmaceuticals. People are depressed from working so much. One out of ten Americans are on antidepressants. Or if if not that, you know, people hit the bottle or have some form of escapism, whether it's, um, you know, uh, hard drugs or pills or something. I mean, you know, even I do this too. I choose the green in small amounts. I choose to smoke weed. Uh, not that often. I try to keep a balance, but, you know, I think that one helps much more. It also can help you become a little more analytical at life if you don't drink all the time, you know? But, you know, that, I mean, yeah, even me, I have to, too. And that's why it's laughable to, to follow the words of Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad or any, any enlightened figure and be a workaholic American. I mean, the two don't go together. Money and work are the religion. You can't follow the guidelines of those deities when you when you put work first. 
And not saying that your personal connection with the creator or any god figure to you is not legit, but the lifestyle is in direct contradiction to the teachings of those people, you know? I, I, hear, I, I wrote this, this little, I came home frustrated one day, and I probably should have put this into the, the mini-series that I call, uh, uh, what, I, what do I call it, uh, Frustrated Man and Civilization, but I just wrote this one day, I came home, and uh, it was after a day of errands, and I was just like, you know, I had it. I wrote, civilization is one busy, frustrating obstacle course around people that have sold their souls or soulless who are wound up running around with no connection to source and letting others, psychopaths, control their lives and make decisions about their future. That's worker bee mentality and the fruits of it. And that's it. It's just this vicious, nonstop treadmill. And where's the end? And in America, the worker bee mentality is way too ingrained. And people, it basically, America is like one big camp of slaves. And people don't even realize it. And that brings me to localism. Yugoslavia? With you, Utah. A country that starts with a U. Uh, Utopia. Who's in the coalition of the willing? No freaking idea. Afghanistan, Kuwait, Iraq, Pakistan, uh, you know, <laughs> New Zealand, New Zealand. What's the religion of Israel? Israeli. Awesome. Islamic. Catholic, probably. What religion are Buddhist monks? Buddhist monks. Buddhist monks. Buddhist monks. Islamic, I don't know. Who won the Vietnam War? We did. Uh, and who was... <laughs> Okay, good. Who's Fidel Castro? A singer. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no sides. One. What is the currency used in the United Kingdom? <laughs> What's the currency in the United Kingdom? What is it? In the United Kingdom, I don't know. Possibly American money. Queen Elizabeth's money. That's all I know. Name a country that begins with you. A country? Yeah. <laughs> um, what about this one? What? The United States of America. <gasps> Could it be America? United States? Hmm. Yeah, this is a big problem. There's a, there's a problem that I've always known about, but never really named it or defined it. It It's just like this, but it's, it's called... Uh, too local or localism, whatever you want to call it, that's just a loose term, but people can be too local, and it's not a good thing. Not much knowledge beyond the small world they inhabit, just stuck in this little bubble, and too stuck in one place. America suffers from this a lot. Sure, other places do too, where people don't get out, I and mean, everybody needs to get out, but America suffers from this even more. People never leave home. I mean, your average American never leaves 500 miles from where they were born. In fact, Hawaii here is as far as many ever come to traveling international. This is like going to a different country for them. And with being too local, it, it causes people to think that their point of view is the only truth. It's isolating. It puts people in this small bubble, and you become too inside America. And it's very limiting. And I'm not just talking about small-town people. They have a better excuse because of being 
isolated by geography and, and things, but people in the cities flock to the same closed-minded perspectives too. They get stuck in their little bubble and they don't get out and they don't uh, bother to have new experiences. I know, um, you know, a lot of people ask me sometimes, uh, don't you get island fever living in Hawaii? Uh, and sometimes I want to leave the island. I am one of those people that actually does travel in the United States, and I love to travel and see new places and get new cultural experiences. But um, most people don't leave their own island, and they're not even on an island. They're just in the same place, in the same bubble, and they never leave it. And so that's their own island. They get they don't even get island fever, but they're in their own island. You know, it's all in the mind. But yeah, I mean, here in Hawaii, you hear this term a lot, local. Local is a term for born or raised people. And there's a lot of pride in that here. There's good reason for that because Hawaii people hold it down for the people that are here, that have been here in a largely transit place where people come and go all the time because it's expensive and they can't culturally fit and all that. But even, you know, our locals too, they need to travel also because everybody needs to travel. Everybody needs to get out. And again, this is a little excerpt from that, uh, that blog I, I read earlier. Um, and it's, it, it's just this. When we travel, we look for giant hotels that will insulate us and pamper us rather than for legitimate cultural experiences that may challenge our perspectives or help us grow as individuals. And yes, America is so insular. It's an insular culture, it, it, and, and, and people are scared. I see it everywhere in America. Americans don't know about anything but America. In a lot of cases, they don't know anything but their own town or even neighborhood. No curiosity. People also don't wonder about what it's like in other countries. I mean, how many times have I gone somewhere and people don't even ask me questions or wonder, like, hey, what's, what's it like in Peru, you know? And the thing is, we can learn from other countries and cultures and societies. And I also hear people say things like, oh, I don't want to travel outside the U.S. Why? Why? And what it is, is ultimately fear. A lot of America is very uncultured, and they fear something different. And this goes into mind control. America has been bred to think that the world is this big, scary place outside their country and that nobody likes them. And really, this was programming even before 9-11. I mean, post-9-11 got much worse. So we're talking about, you know, this is decades old. America has to understand that it is being used as the military might of the world by bankers and elite groups. Its actions internationally affect the world. So there is reasons why that, there, that certain countries don't like us or think that we're pretty pompous. I'm, I'm sure of that. But there's also that's also not the case in a lot of places, too. Um, there's so many circumstances where people are, are, are caught up in their own scene in America, they, and they'll die for something stupid. Like, for example, uh, gangbangers dying for some territory that's ugly, you know, uh, some boulevard, and you can have it. I mean, listen to this. You're proud of the fact that you're blood. Yeah. Why is that? Why? Yeah. Because I'm down. I'm down fully. Because I'm a true <laughs> I'm a true <laughs> I've come from the heart. But wh why? Wh why? Why being a gang? What's in it for you? What's in it? I mean, you get killed, right? Yeah. 
Well, you mean some of your friends been killed? Yeah. So simple cause. What's, so, what, what, what's the simple cause? Of being a blood, going down with the bloods. That's how we feel. We die. It's like we go kill one of them. Mm -hmm. One of them die because they down for it. They get took out. And then guess what happens after one of them die? And they come back. And then it's right. a few until they don't want no more, until everybody just drop it. But ain't nobody going to drop it. Now you're, you're, willing to, you're willing to die for whatever this cause is? If that's what it takes. Yeah, I'm not saying you want to. I'm saying no, you will. No, I don't want to. But if, if somebody riled up on me and take me out, I guess it was my time to go like that. How, but ain't how, nobody did it yet, so I guess it ain't my time to go. How old are you? I'm 17. You know, just just dying for a cause that doesn't even matter. You don't even know who you are at 17 years old. And, and, and it, there's so many scenes that people are in. People that commit suicide because they're stuck in some drug scene and didn't have proper guidance and they just off themselves because, you know, the world around them just didn't look good. But there's such a bigger world out there if they were just the, you know, um, yet if they were taken out of the country to somewhere totally different and realize how small and in insignificant their little scene really is. And this can be applied anywhere, really, not just in America. I mean, this is a message I put out all the time. The, there, there's a whole world, bigger world at play. And conservatives in America are particularly bad about traveling, it seems like. Um, they feel threatened by even visiting another westernized country and plus think that America is the greatest country in the world. That's been drilled into the conservatives extra much. Not that the liberals are getting any better points with this one. Many still don't travel either. They're stuck in their high-minded elitist groups. Uh, an example is thinking that America has... Uh, it, what America is causing so much damage and pollution to the earth, even though they are, but... Um, why not protest against the the, the real um, places that are doing even a, a lot worth with worse with no consciousness about this like China and India or places where people throw their rubbish straight in the ocean a lot of a lot of small island groups do that and if you're all bent up and out of shape about women's rights in this country go to the Middle East and see the treatment of women in those countries you know there's something for women's rights you know. And so, you know, people, people get stuck in these little bubbles. They just don't see outside, especially outside of America. And then there's the hippies. The, the, hippies, the hippies had this, like, manufactured break off from society. And, uh, you know, that, that was in some ways good. The, some genuine great ideas regarding freedom and getting back to nature, saying, fuck the system, the mainstream, and everything, that was good. But um, what happened is the hippies never left the United States and it's mind control. And things from there started to crumble and that leads me to drugs and homelessness. On beaches, in parks, and in tent cities, there are now more than 7,000 homeless in Hawaii, the highest per capita rate in the nation. About 5,000 of those are packed into Honolulu. Many struggle with drugs, alcohol, and mental illness. Mayor Caldwell says the city is making progress. About 500 homeless were moved into housing over the past year. But recently, the number of homeless families has been soaring. Applying for the housing. 
A family of six lives in this van in the parking lot of St. Elizabeth's Episcopal Church in Honolulu. What is the hardest part about living this way? My kids, they don't have space and nights to study their lesson, to their homework. How do they study? They study under the streetlight. Onena, who did not want her face on camera, says her husband works full-time at a high-end restaurant for minimum wage, but not nearly enough to pay rent here. They've done everything right. They struggle, they work, and there is no housing. And that goes back into the opportunity masquerade again, you know. I mean, yeah, you just can't make it um, anymore uh, for that. And add to that, just society itself is crumbling within America. America leads the West in many ways, but mainly it's ahead as far as decaying civilization. I mean, civilization is really shitty in general, but in America, all of these new developments, it all looks the same, too. It's terrible. It's just corporate, one big corporate shopping mall, kind of like what uh, George Carlin, the comedian, said. You have that Walmart on the corner, and you have that plaza with the Safeway and the corporate pet mart, it's all soul suck. There's no more character. No longer are you connected to the nice family that owned the local general store. Because Wall Street killed Main Street a long time ago. It was bought and paid for a long time ago. All of America. Civilization is rotting when a culture doesn't care anymore. And it can be seen um, in the physical. When it stands for nothing and the fun and soul has been sucked out of it. People graffiti it. It becomes a prison cell holding humans from their potential. And this is a proof that we are indentured slaves. Many people don't like their lives in the system, and it's getting worse every day. Many people don't own their lives. And, and many of the rundown areas of America are run down because of the reason of the existence for it has ended. You know, i.e., Detroit, Cleveland, etc., places where industry that was once there is now gone, and then this is still left over. But what I wanted to say uh, a bit ago about the hippies was, at least my, my personal analysis of the hippies is that the government gave out the wrong drugs, and that it was more of an experiment, but an experiment to break up the family, but the taking of psychedelics, uh, such as mushrooms and LSD and things like that only makes you want to quit the system and be free and these are good qualities but the hippie experiment made it to where they can't the hippies could not relate with their parents and when the hippies the hippie kids uh, the hippies kids my generation are raised off of a less solid base for family um, a lot of you know drugs and stuff and then the 80s a massive divorce rates then you have tons of dysfunctional fractured families and this is part of an agenda this is and I've talked about it a lot so they 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 got it right the second time round with hard drugs manufactured drugs like crack uh methamphetamines and heroin and during the 80s this stuff started to disperse all over the place and this is what happened. And during the 80s, there were some homeless here and there. You know, they're, they're, they're around, you know, but not anything like now. I mean, uh, the entire West Coast, which I live a lot closer to, and I've, I know for a fact, is flooded with homeless. 
and here in Hawaii, as that report said, but also um, in New York, which is to be expected. But yeah, if you go to San Francisco, it's incredibly bad. Um, there's there's human turds on the streets and needles, and it's you know it's disgusting. L.A. has over sixty thousand homeless in uh, Skid Row area alone, and it's just like. Uh, there's diseases like cholera, cholera, and uh, the other things going on there. Just, just it's, it's gross. Uh, go to Seattle, Seattle. You know, you would not want to be homeless in Seattle with that cold, uh, damp air. Tons of homeless under bridges everywhere. Uh, people saying it's destroying living there. Uh, Portland too. And so, where are all these homeless coming from? I mean, and sometimes I ask that like. Are they just people that are uh, hooked on drugs? And I think there also there are people that are mentally ill that just didn't have the right care. It's just a combination of things of people that were uh, drug ad- that are drug addicts that became mentally ill from the drugs. But it's just how is everybody losing their minds? And sometimes I think that some of these people they might send uh, an undercover cops or agents within these these uh, homeless just to go around and pretend to be homeless. You know, I've thought that before, but that's a whole different thing. But yeah, you know, there's homeless, but then there are different levels of dysfunction. Uh, Of course, there's the homeless junkies and people walking around shouting and screaming and stuff. But then there's also people that kind of function in society that are not yet homeless, but they're still drug addicts and just degraded humanity. I mean, there's so much. Uh, A generation or two with these, these substances out there meth especially it's really bad we call ice here and and then you get a perfect destabilization program at work i mean there are giant swaths of the u.s who live in forms of dysfunction due to these substances and and descendants of people taking these substances you know kids that are separated from their moms that like you know they their mom went to jail or something and, and they're like 14 on the streets there's tons of those stories I mean, there are so many Jesse Pinkmans from Breaking Bad or or Hangout Kids. I mean, the the character of Jesse Pinkman is is a pretty true to life depiction of a, a large swath of the American society. Uh, hangout Kids, adults that grew up that never grew out of getting fucked up every day. So many losers and just you know that that's their existence um, in Northern. California, for example, when I visited there, you have these people that seem like they're hippies, but they adopted none of the ideals of peace and love or anything, and they grow weed or cook meth or maybe, and are basically a hippie form of maybe white trash that will shoot you if they get if you get too close to because they're they're drug dealers. I mean, we have them on the Big Island too. These dirty hippies, and they're not even really going by the same ideals of what the actual hippies were going uh, with. In California, in general, California is a major cesspool of people. In my generation and, and younger, uh, there are who are part of this wasted society. There's so much of that in California. I've seen it. I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. And, you know, there's good people in California, too, but this, there's a lot of that. Um, I mean, Google up, and I'll, I'll try to I'll try to remember to link it to this podcast. Google up a woman who's at a rave who sprays the, the crowd with her breast milk, you know? Um, 
first of all, she shouldn't be there if she has some young baby. She's, you know, probably on drugs, dancing around, and that's the kind of low-life people that are uh, around from a fractured society by design that has been part of this this destabilization agenda. And I'm not done dissing on California. I'll come to back to that. But that brings me to another level of things, and that is the lack of humility. Like, I'm, I'm really glad you two can talk to each other in whatever language it is that you're speaking, but it's really rude. And if you want to be polite to the customer, okay, if you want to, if you want to, hey, if you want to be polite to the customer, then you speak English to the customer in America, okay? My kids don't eat green things. They eat red peppers. You calm down. Okay, usually you make with green pepper. I ordered it with red pepper. What are you going to do about it? If you like, you can make you Okay, well, how long is it going to take? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I don't have 15 minutes for you not to know English, not to get it right the first time. You get it right the first time. Customer is always right. That's how it works here. And I don't have time for this. I don't have time for 15 minutes of you two being rude. Okay? This is America, and you get it right the first time. You get it right the first time. Get it right the first time. Get it right the first time, okay? This is America, and we get things right the first time. Yeah. Um, green peppers and red peppers taste exactly the same to me. If she's talking about bell peppers, that is. I mean, alright, so this is the lack of humility, and this is the kind of characters that have come out of of uh, just a, a, a degraded society. Now, there is something to be said about customer service, uh, going places, because people that are working at these low-end jobs don't give a shit because they're not making anything. And so it has caused custom, customer service to go down to where it really isn't a fun experience to deal with, with uh you know, people at places anymore because they don't want to be there and they're making shit money. But that's another tangent. But that lady was way out of control. And in that video, she got served. She got, ran right into the door right uh, trying to leave because she was all pissed, you know. But, um, yeah, someone like that needs to be humbled down to very big amounts. Like, someone needs to give her, like, a whole bag of mushrooms and have her... Uh, go to the forest and then watch David Icke for 12 hours or something or I know I don't know um something big needs to happen to someone like that but that's the thing there's a lack of humility and it's causing a lot of problems and with the division in this country as well I mean from rich warmongering conservatives thinking they're the best country in the world to liberals thinking they're smarter because they went to college and they're educated and anything outside their limited box is wrong you know, there's something wrong with the way people carry themselves. And it's not just in America, but it can be very American. And that's the what we people outside of America call labeled the ugly American right there. I mean, Americans can be very overbearing. Uh, part of it is that wound up worker bee mentality. And part of it is 
lack of consciousness. Uh, but both, you know, I mean, that lady couldn't, I don't have 15 minutes, you know. I mean, most Americans you meet as individuals, most are actually pretty nice and even friendly and decent people. It's the collective mentality that is mostly a problem here. And I find that many people don't seem to have any humility and are greatly out for self. And this is a beyond America again, but you can you can really take this worldwide, but it's really coming out of this this society here. Um, and millennials are particularly bad. You know, I'm not a millennial, but that's a little younger than me. Some of the people in that generation, not all, but a lot, are so entitled and arrogant. And without realizing it, they were just brought up in this, this culture. And the words, thank you, are seldom heard and never come from the heart. And please and nice manners, they've forgot them or they never were taught them because their family was fractured and that's the thing it's just like you know anything built off the wrong foundation just gets worse and worse and so and plus the instant gratification selfie culture that comes out of millennials and stuff it's just like you know they don't have any patience and they're they're it's it's really bad but i don't know i could do a whole show on that a lot of it gets a lot of this this mentality it gets pushed by media uh, money, success, fame, glamour. People are constantly told that if they chase all that, they will be happy. And that gives people a narcissistic personality disorder, or NPD. I've talked about that on this show before. Nearly 1 out of 10 Americans in their 20s and 1 out of 16 of those of all ages has experienced the symptoms of NPD. Um, I would say a lot of it comes from instant gratification and it comes from pop music and Hollywood and just not being humble, you know, just not being conscious. And it's amazing how many people fall for it. I mean, uh, it's the media telling people what to value in life. It's not, and it's not um, disputed in schools, you know, they're, they're not learning manners in schools either. And, and, and that's just it. Then there's just, just attitudes, period. I mean, over the years in Hawaii, we've seen an invasion of people from California. And these aren't your average people from there, but people with money, the worst types, just like that lady. And I'll take the rudest, bluntest New Yorker any day over those these pompous, arrogant, entitled white pricks from California that backstab you or talk shit behind your back those kind of people, I just, you know, they're on the top of my list. At least New Yorkers are honest and bl brutally honest, uh, blunt, and sometimes that's all right. I, I can take that any day over these uh, pompous Californians. They come over here, try to be locals and surf and bring with them that attitude, elitist attitudes. They create their own little cliques, their own little elite circles, and they think they're so damn cool, yet they think they carry aloha. They don't even know the fucking meaning of it. They don't even know how to pronounce the words here. And then they think they're locals, and they think they're entitled. There's a whole lot of that on Maui. There's a whole lot of that in certain towns on this island. Pisses me off. A lot of them need to be rounded up and shipped off the islands, because the, they, the only place they belong 
is California. And that's true. And they make the biggest stink about everything. They think they are helping preserve Hawaii by getting involved in community board meetings. And they come out here to get away from crowded California and get away from assholes. Yet they are just bringing it all with them. And they think their shit doesn't stink, but it stinks the worst. They're brats, and they need karmic beatdowns. They need to be chanted down. I could go on, but listen, that derails the topic. But one of the main uh, problems with America is that people have largely lost respect for each other. Not everywhere, but largely. I mean, on the mainland, everybody honks. On the mainland United States, everybody honks, flips each other off. People are so quick to use that anger. You know, you don't want to get on my bad side. You know, and I I would say ultimately it goes back to, again, the worker bee mentality and never getting a reprieve from work and being so wound up. I mean, that does something to people, you know. I mean, you see that same flipping off and honking in London and Sydney and Auckland and Toronto and Paris and places like that, but not nearly as divided as Americans are. And that's the, that's the other thing, is the division, uh, partisan identification or identity politics. It has completely split America. Divided we fall. It, it really, it's really no different than religious fighting, such as the Sunni and the Shia, or back in the day, the Catholics and the Protestants. It's really like, it's really small differences that are just cracking a large ravine and splitting America basically in half. I mean, and as the elite, the, the elite uh, when they, as they roll out their agendas and you're stuck on who's president and what issue to stand behind, they're rolling out the smart grid. They're rolling out serious shit, and people don't see what the magician is doing with the other hand. And I've talked so much on this show about this, and I, 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 I only want to cover it briefly, and you can catch it up on the archives because I've, I'm sick of talking about it. But see, there, there's no middle ground. You know, if you talk about one thing, then the other side thinks that you're one of them. And if you talk about another thing, the other side thinks you're one of them. What about free thinkers? What about people who actually see behind? Because there's a vantage point to get on top, and that's understanding how the real world works and how the globalists run stuff and what their agenda is. Then you can see past all the lies. You know, uh, each president that's been selected, not elected, has been purposely put there to divide the population on every single issue more and more. Every president has just been able to divide America that much more since, especially, I would say, the early 90s. Um, and and the only uh, way to see out of this bubble is to understand how this world really works. And that's because people are not being critical thinkers, and their perspectives have been formed at, with strong opinions and they have strong cognitive dissonance to stop them from seeing the truth. And that is a real issue that is causing people to be too inside America. Which brings me, which brings me to the next topic, mind control. Now what is happening is probably one of the most effective, diabolical means of propaganda the television 
media that in its inception appeared to be a very innocent tool has now become a powerful tool of mind control. Anybody can be demonized. And people are watching that television and they believe in it. If the CNN says it, it must have happened. This is being beamed all over the world in the mountains of Nepal, in the deserts of the Sahara, in the jungles of South America, somebody got a TV. And they're watching the international um, propaganda or one-sided information that is being spread throughout the world. This is the new deception. And so this order, this, this order that some people speak about is an order that would have religion on the side. People who believe in God, you consider to be an ignorant person, a backward person. It also glorifies race and nationalism. It also promotes class divisions. There's the rich and the poor, and it seems like in many countries, the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. And that is what we see on the outside. On the inside of the people's hearts, they are being deceived into the love of the life of this world. And I think this is one of the greatest parts of this new world order is that it is a confusion. It is a fantasy world being promoted to you. It is an international Disneyland, which is being propagated to the people of the world. So you think that that's what the world is. You think that everything will be okay if you live in a certain way, if you eat certain foods, if you act in a certain way. This is horror. It is deception. If we understand the mechanism and motives of the group mind, is it not possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without their knowing it? The recent practice of propaganda has proved that it is possible, at least up to a certain point and within certain limits. No serious sociologist believes any longer that the voice of the people expresses any divine or especially wise and lofty idea. The voice of the people expresses the mind of the people, and that mind is made up for it by the group leaders in whom it believes and by those persons who understand the manipulation of public opinion. Yes, the leaders who understand the manipulation of public opinion, they do and they know how to work us so well. And the mind control. And, you know, this show is often half the time about mind control. And that was actually... uh, that was Edward Bernays, the father of, of, uh, of uh, public relations. And, and then the other quote or uh, clip I played was uh, the guy was talking, you know, some straight truth. I mean, people's hearts are being deceived. And this is what is going on is people are under mind control. The United States is under extreme mind control. Let me say that again. The United States is under extreme mind control. So what I've talked about so far is the falseness of the land of opportunity, which is largely a trick because we're really brainwashed workaholics on a on a nonstop 
treadmill that are stuck in a small world, not knowing about the bigger world, programmed not to travel, to think outside, being too local, uh, stuck, and then dysfunctionality in society due to fractured family unit and drugs and creating a huge homeless population that nobody cares about. And then there's the no respect, no humility, divided society, rudeness, and that equals no solidarity. And all of this, I've just talked about, all those categories can be defined under mind control. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. William Casey, CIA director in 1981. And that was said to Ronald Reagan in a press conference when he got elected in response to Reagan asking what his goals, uh, what uh, Edward, uh, William Casey's goals were as, as CIA director. And this is a true quote, although some, some deny it, um, it is a true quote, and some, it really was said. Here lies the real problem with America. America doesn't understand what it is because the, the bubble is too big from the inside. And let me just say that, that there is so much to cover with mind control that, that I've spent an entire mini-series of shows just with media mind control alone tell live vision, vision series, and that just scratches the surface. This is just bullet points, if you will, if even that, but um, it's important to understand, America, we are the media capital of the world. If you don't believe it, Go to other countries and see for yourself how much influence Hollywood and mainstream media have on the planet. It's not just Americans that know, that know about Star Wars um, and things like that. Because we are the media capital, Americans have been bombarded by so much TV programming since it's been in the home for generations. And combined with the school system owned by you know the government indoctrinating you with what the rulers want. They have created you through generations of mind control. Sorry about the outside noise. I don't know. I live in the city, you know. Uh, but yeah, they have convinced Americans that you live in a democracy and that your vote counts when if you really look, you can only get two selected choices anyway. Yeah, try to get away from the noise there, but kind of hard to get away from, so hopefully it doesn't come through anymore. Um, but, yeah, it is two selected choices. Two choices that are already planned and advanced by the real shadow government. And they have convinced Americans that every major event from 9-11, uh, the moon landing even, all these, these wars, mass shootings, and, and many other stories are real, and that the official stories are exactly as they seem. And if you don't look at If you don't look at these these uh, alternative looks at things, then the official story just gets cemented in your head, and and then it's really hard. But if you actually look at so many of these stories, they don't add up to what they say they are. And if you're new to this information, I dare you to look without bias and only seeking the truth and see all the flaws with every major event that has been put out there. Don't be afraid to look at quote-unquote conspiracies. Just honestly 
analyze everything. Even if you cringe at the world, the word uh, conspiracy, because you've been trained to hate these people, the conspiracy theorists, or think they are kooks. That's also part of your mind control program to deny any other possibilities than what the media gave you. That's cognitive dissonance. And you must get past it in order to see that America has been through extreme mind control. And this is more than the America bubble here. This is international in scope. But again, the media capital of the world can stage whatever it likes and make it look real. And they, they can persuade public opinion. They've been looking at this for a very long time. It's been in the plans for decades. These people plan your decades. And I'm not a detail fanatic on these events either. Uh, I don't care. The important thing to know is that they are not what they are saying. And that's what we need to distrust the system. People still trust the media. Americans still trust these big news sources. Yet they are, they are subject to so much obfuscation and deception. Um, Carl Bernstein, he's an investigative journalist and helps spill truth on the Watergate. I don't really agree with him. I think he's probably working for the dark side today, but back in the day he did dig up some truth and apparently it's truth. Um, uh, you know, I mean, he wrote, he wrote a book, I think, uh, that was like pro Hillary Clinton. So, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this guy, but there is some truth that spilled out, and this is a long time ago. He was talking about how the CIA works with journalists. This is a long time ago. But the agent, here it goes to say this. The agency's relationships with journalists, as described in CIA files, include the following general categories. Legitimate accredited staff members of news organizations, usually reporters. Some were paid. Some work for the agency on purely voluntary basis uh, stringers and freelancers most were payrolled by the agency under standard contractual terms employees of so-called CIA proprietaries during the past 25 years the agency has secretly bankrolled numerous foreign press services periodicals and newspapers both English and in foreign language which provided excellent cover for CIA operatives columnists and commentators there are perhaps a, a dozen well-known column, column columnists colonists and broadcast commentators whose relationships with the CIA go far beyond those normally maintained between reporters and their sources they are referred to at the agency as known assets and can be counted on to perform a variety of undercover tasks. They are considered receptive to the agency's point of view on various subjects. So this is before 1973, before George Bush Sr. took over as CIA director. They've had minds from the beginning of the TV in the home. And after the CIA, you know, quote-unquote, cut back on their influence in media, we are told. This is, you know, this is after, George Bush Sr. took um, reign after that as CIA director. Do you really believe that today, that, that, that we're, they cut back with now five companies owning all of mainstream media? But just note that everything that American public believes is false these days. They have completely put the wall over the public's eyes. If anyone is affected by the theatrics of politics and anything you're seeing and hearing from mainstream 
sources, including stuff your friends forward you on Facebook that they, they, they got from any mainstream source, then you're caught up and you are believing in the CIA disinformation program. You are believing the falseness. Not saying that there are not truths in what people are upset about, whether it's left-right politics, climate change, eroding of the Constitution and immigration, gun laws, and, and you know, all these events that happen, or anything happening in, in America, but they've been obfuscated and bent, so you are stuck on political sides, and therefore, we are divided. The point here is that, for example, 9-11, once people found out it was, it is used to push forward a major agenda, and everything built off of it since, you can look at it as lies built off of lies built off of lies. And we have to look at everything that has been pushed by mainstream sources that way. Anything politically bent that way. Americans are so filled with media programming and drawn to hypnosis that they don't know they're under. And they don't know where to go to even find truth. It's that difficult these days. And because everyone is so bombarded by commercialism and materialism, people are too busy to even care because it's Black Friday. Let's get up and let's get those great deals. Come on, guys. I mean, America is a very status-obsessed culture because of media. And then everyone is so attention-seeking because everyone wants to be a Hollywood star. Which keeps people in their egos. And that goes back to the, the whole attitude thing I was talking about earlier. I mean, MK Ultra, the hippie generation, all types of pop music, MTV culture, TV programming, cultural norms, you name it. No American has come out unscathed, unscathed from this at all. This is a fight for your mind. Please take it back. And I'm not, a, I'm not unscathed. I've been fooled. I'm still sifting through my mind control. I'm not perfect at any, in any, mean, any way. But I do see past a lot of the things that are taking people's minds. And, you know, if you're caught up in any way affected by a lot of these things that are going on, then you've been under mind control. Terrorism, terrorism threats, that's programming. Climate change alarmists, programming. Belief and faith in Trump, programming. The left-right paradigm, programming. Gender neutrality, programming. You can go on and on the list. I mean, CNN, programmers. Fox News, programmers. Disney, programmers. MTV, programmers. NPR, you think you're alternative, listening to that, that calm voice. Programmers, you know, it's all owned. you got to look who it's owned by. If anything is being pushed into your psych by popular opinion, it's programming. Don't fall for it. There is a mass agenda at work here, and it's it's maybe mainly coming from American media, but it really is being pushed all over the world because they're all owned by the same people. And that brings me to Empire. The United States is not the land of the free and the home of the brave. It is the land of the fee and the home of the slave. And um, more and more Americans are waking up to that fact and hallelujah to that because only if they do so and then act upon their uh, new perception will they truly have any chance of living in a land that is any way associated with freedom um, and a land that makes a contribution to peace in the world, not a contribution to more and more slaughter, more and more conflict, and therefore more and more acquisition of people and land. The wise words of David Icke, 
like him or hate him, I think he's uh, always pretty spot on myself. But uh, let's not forget that America is an empire. All right, you weren't alive for the people that wronged it to make it what it is, and America has caused a lot of strife across the planet to become what it is today. And like anything on the planet, empires are culpable, and natural law does does bring its karma eventually. You know, karma for destroying the indigenous, the Native Americans, the Hawaiians, the Inuit and Alaskan natives, enslaving Africans, Irish, and anybody else across the globe, pushing foreign policy across the globe. And even if it's taking out bad people, it's different than the cover story. There's much more behind the scenes. America has military bases on every continent and something in most countries that has to do with it. And when they show old maps of the Roman Empire, when you look at things like that, it's stretched across a massive area. Uh, If you made a real map of America and counted its territories, it would be the same thing. And don't forget that the the U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, American Samoa, Guam, North Northern Mariana Islands are all U.S. territories. So I mean, and, and then if you made a media map of America, oh my God, the whole world would be taken under, right? So um, it's the military might of the world, you know, and seven hundred billion dollars a year in mid- military spending. America spends more than China. India, the UK, France, Saudi Arabia, Germany, and Russia combined. Actually, more than 144 countries combined. Right now, there is 194 countries in the world. And that's how much we spend on military spending. Maybe that's why you don't have health care and paid vacations like the other Western nations. You know? Um, I got this from nationalpriorities.org. And I don't, when I read some things, um, I don't necessarily agree with what everybody has to say, you know. Uh, but this this is just uh, something I got off of this. So, well, half of the Pentagon's budget goes to the private military contractors that provide the goods and services that the Pentagon buys. And much of that money ends up in the pockets of the corporate executives who run those companies as opposed to the actual troops themselves or veterans, homeless vets, especially you see these homeless vets, I can't even believe they want to have their flag on their shopping cart that of the country that denied them a real life when they got back from these wars like Vietnam. I mean, you know, um, you, you would, wouldn't you want to like hang that upside down or wouldn't you just want to not be affiliated? But anyway, as it goes on, uh, you know, uh, not going for, you know, the money's not going to the actual troops themselves or veterans. And that suggests that the elites running the Pentagon have other uses in mind for all of that money, like supporting defense CEOs who fly around with not one, but two private jets. But let's go on with that. I mean, you can add on to that. What about the chemtrail jets? I mean, how much are we paying to spray our skies and across the world, you know, black ops beyond our comprehension. That's all that money's going to. And yeah, that is empire. I mean, the characteristics of an empire, specifically uh, a modern one, include a centralized government, a strong military, a dominant position in the global political theater, and imperialist, imperialist control over nations and territories. That's America. That's empires. That's what it is. 
So uh, that, you know, we have to realize what it really is. And with this work today, and, and if you're from America, my suggestion is become an individual that is beyond all of the stuck positions I've covered today. Become, you know, rise out of it. See it for what it really is and move on in your mind and heart. But that's that's how we can you know overcome the the mind control bubble here. Back to Plato's description of Atlantis. Atlantis was a massive kingdom of gods, priests, and magicians. They had the most powerful navy the world has ever seen, and Atlantis was destroyed in a single night for their pride and godlessness. Well, that could easily be America now. I mean. Uh, there's a huge navy, more than a huge navy, and uh, there's plenty of pride and godlessness too, I would say. But the difference is that the real global movers and shakers behind the shadows are using America to destroy America. It's the Trojan horse for the New World Order. Countries don't matter to them. They don't care about this country or your other countries, any country. They're talking about... the. To them, they're just chess pieces, these countries. Um, and America needs to wake up. America needs to see outside the bubble it's in. It really does. And it's up to the wonderful people in America America that are amazing and awesome to help people to see that. And I hope that I can inspire some to do that because we really need to understand it the correct way. And you can't just get all the information from this talk right here. There's much to uh, mine through many episodes of myself, but I'm no expert. Go to some better speakers, too, to, you know, fill in the gaps and, and stuff. But, um, you know, America itself it was formed on great principles, at least when it came out to outlining our natural rights and the Constitution. And it, it is, it's up to the true wonderful of the people of the world to, you know, spread outlining our natural life, spread love, spread awareness, and lead the blind to, to the light. And that's, that's what we can do in, in uh, you know, correcting this problem. I don't like to give problems without solutions, but I also like to give people a better look at what you're, the vehicle you're riding in, because America is pretty crazy, and it is an empire. Now, now um, just take things, you know, don't, don't get down about it. Just know what it is. And once you know that this world is what it really stands for, and these chess pieces they call countries, or really they're like corporations, or just that itself, and who's, who the real movers and shakers are, and how it's all, uh, you know, how the pyramid's really structured, then your mind just goes in into a new realm of, well, okay, don't invest in those things. But invest in the right things. Invest in things that matter and don't get caught up because uh, America is a huge bubble. And you know, my, my purpose today with this talk is just to get you outside of America in your mind because most people are too inside America. Chant it down, guys. Much love. 
So don't take it the wrong way when I say things about America like this because America's still a good place at the moment. There's a lot to be thankful for. And be thankful for the good things that are in your life. Always be thankful and grateful. Uh, but I also need to help humanity remove this false blanket of comfort so they can really see the truth and move on. What we're trying to do is uh, move on and have a consciousness change on planet Earth. Internationally, everybody. You know, because we really hold this thing up and it doesn't have to be this way so we can do that uh, got an eclectic variety of hard-hitting shows coming your way lots of different subjects and things that I think will really give you the stir the pot and make variety I think that's always good but if you have a subject that you would like me to cover please write me at peoplebeyondthis at gmail.com or any guest suggestions and we're getting into the holidays so don't get too caught up in the Christmas season you need a timeout come chant it down listen to chant it down radio go to the website chantitdownradio.com I'm about to get involved with fighting 5G in my community with a small group of us, so I'll be a little bit busy doing that, but I'm going to still give you shows, so don't worry. No end of show freestyle, hopefully you're not holding on for that, uh, just not in a playful, childlike play mood to come from the heart, so I'm not going to push it today, but um, maybe it's that worker bee mentality trying to rub off too much on me, but I'll be back, don't you worry, I'll be doing that again. Support the show, help me to be able to do it more, uh, you can go to the support page on channel.radio.com or go to Patreon, and I'm on there too. Uh, Loomis of Chant It Down Radio helps the show out, helps me a little bit be able to put out my material and things that will make you uh, help you through this crazy world and see the light and the truth. And yeah, let's keep on chanting down, keep on chanting down the system, and so we can rise above it and see what we really need to see to move on. <laughs>